Has your faith grown? Has it struggled with ups and downs? Your faith? Have you struggled with giving up in your life? In your faith? Do you regret how faith in God grew in you? Some do because they have given up their faith in God. But Jesus encourages us with this statement out of John chapter 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also ought or are to love one another. And I think this type of love, this type of faith that Jesus is talking about is a faith that's growing. The lesson is called a new commandment. And the first point is conviction. Have you been influenced by the world? I know you have been. We all have been influenced by the world. Children who grow up going to school are influenced by the world. No, we don't want to think about that. We just want to think about mathematics and science and but we know better don't we it starts early and it starts young our tvs our shows our books the friends of our kids growing up even crystal has church friends whom she's known forever who are now very much into the idea that homosexuality is just fine and even abortion trumps or does not trump a woman's right to live her life the way she wants to. We call these things and things like these works of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But isn't this why Jesus came to the world? To help those people who are involved and influenced by worldliness. He already knows the type of people he's reaching out towards. They're involved in sin. They're involved in worldliness. They're not, they have not chosen Jesus or they have chosen Jesus or are being influenced incorrectly. He knows who you are. He knows your background, and he knows what you struggle with currently. So my question to you is, have you been with Jesus? Have you been with him? In your prayers, are you with Jesus? In your suffering, are you with Jesus? In your study and trials that you've gone through, have you been with Jesus? You see, it's about his love 
We're looking for someone to help us. And the only one who can help us is the one who has the love of God. True love, unadulterated, uninfluenced by the world, and that's God himself, Jesus Christ. Do you have the strength to please him? Have you shut down those desires that negatively influence your walk with him? Christian read the story of Zacchaeus in uh, Luke chapter 19, 1 through 10. That's a neat story. Here's a guy that seems to be sick of the worldliness that he is involved in. He climbs the sycamore tree because he's a shorter man. He looks out for Jesus because he knows he's on the way. There's a crowd around him. But will a tax collector be accepted by Jesus? To Will Jesus really want me there to listen to his words? Do they really impact me? Can he do anything for me? But he's there. Why? Because he's heard about Jesus and he wants to be with Jesus. As we know in the story, he goes to Zacchaeus' house. He eats with them. And what do the people say, the leaders? How can you eat with tax collectors and sinners? This is why Jesus came. To eat with us who are tax collectors and sinners. But death to self is important. And Zacchaeus is a great example of one who has death to self. Convicted by Christ, he internalized it. Can you see him there listening to Jesus at the sycamore tree? Whatever Jesus is teaching on and going, that's interesting. Could that be about me? Maybe he's talking about forgiveness. Maybe he's talking about love, kindness. You know that fruits of the Spirit didn't start with Paul. They came from God, right? And you can see Jesus expressing that. The truth. And to Zacchaeus' amazement and shock. Hey, Zacchaeus, come on down. Guess what? I'm going to your house. You're going to spend some money. A small price for Zacchaeus because he had a lot of money. So Zacchaeus was convicted by Christ. He internalized it and he expressed himself and showed it in action. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood. He stood. Do you see that? They're sitting down or reclining while they're eating, which was traditional. And and Zacchaeus isn't whispering to his neighbor. He's not, hey, boy, I like what Jesus said, and going like this to whoever's sitting by him, or to just Jesus. Jesus, boy, I really accept. He stood. Do you get it? He's, he's making a proclamation. He's letting everybody know. He's taking a stance. He stood and said to the Lord, in front of everybody, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone, 
anything, I restore it fourfold. Well, there's conviction right there. I mean, I've met people who don't even want to show you that they have gum in their pocket for fear they might have to share it with you. And he's like, wow! I will take care. And oh, Jesus is impressed. And it gave him praise. I want Jesus to do that for me. Give me praise. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since he is also the son of Abraham. We can look at that a couple different ways. Jesus is salvation. But does salvation come to those who don't choose to follow Jesus? He's a son of Abraham. Why? Because he's a Jew? Or is it because he has the right heart to follow God? You see, God was convicted. Now, I don't mean we convicted him in trial and threw him into prison. I mean God was convicted because he recognized, Jesus recognized, the Holy Spirit recognizes that people need him. You see, he seeks those who are influenced by this world and worldliness, by Satan's world. He seeks them. He wants them. He desires them in all their impurities. He's the one who takes care of our impurities, right? He seeks us where we're at, where we've been, and the mistakes we're doing now. Stop it. Repent. Join me. For the Son of Man came to seek and save who? The lost. The lost. The second point is compassion. There are many examples of love in Scripture. It's part of the greatest commandment. In Luke chapter in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. That term greatest commandment well, that was even given by Jesus in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. The same day Sadducees came to him who say there is no resurrection, and they asked him, Teacher, Jesus had many encounters with various people. Verse 36, Which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it, which comes out of Leviticus. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. 
But what does that love look like in Jesus' new commandment? The commandment that says that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must love one another, John 13, 34. What does that look like? Imagine in your mind's eye that you're Jesus on the cross, crucified and looking down. How can Jesus give a new commandment? He is God, and He has authority. He wants us to grow in our faith. Boy, that love that can look down from the cross, that's a faith that's mighty and strong. And for us to get to that point, it's a growth process. To love like Jesus love. In one way, Jesus expressed love was his compassion for the lost. Those influenced by worldliness, those influenced by Satan's constant influence. Remember the story of the rich young ruler, Matthew 19, 16 through 22. Here comes the rich young ruler. I have done everything. I have kept the law. And all the way down to the point where he says, I've loved my neighbor. And what does Jesus say? Sell everything you have and come follow me. Gulp. What is he trying to teach them, him? Or what does it seem like he was trying to teach them? To love like I have loved. Would he get it back? Hundredfold. Did Jesus lose anything by giving it up for a while? He gained us. Our modern concept of love is what? It's about encouraging people in their delusions. I'm a cat. Well, let me get you some cat litter. Is that love? Well, some people think it is. I think it's helping them in their delusions. You're a girl. No, I'm a boy. Is that love? What we're pushing today? Or being pushed, not us. That's not love. That's helping people in their delusions. That's not love. Or teaching salvation different from how the apostles taught it in Scripture. Is that love? That's helping people in their delusions. We're trying to help people against the influence of Satan. Not to help promote it, 
by what we might think as we talked about this morning, kindness. Oh, just be kind. You'll figure it out eventually. Or we need to be respectful of people's opinions on those matters and just let them go down whatever path they want to. Is that the love of Jesus? Or did he teach people truth and allow them to choose? Love teaches a lost world faith in Jesus, even if it leads to our suffering. That's what led Jesus to the cross. He taught people the truth, even though it led to his suffering. And thank God that that was part of the plan and our way to join him in being a child of Abraham as well by faith. Jesus lived the compassion. The third point, confidence. How is your confidence? How is your trust? How is your faith in God? Talked to my financial advisor the other day. And in my mind, of course, it's probably been six months or a year. And in my mind, I was going, oh, there was something physically wrong with him that, that I learned. So I brought it up and said, how are you doing? I can't. Then I said, I really can't remember what it was. I just remember that there's, he says, Parkinson's. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And then we both gave each other encouragement. But God's got it. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah, I got a long path. He's still working. His mind's going. He's giving me great advice and encouragement and the financial parts of things. But he's also doing it spiritually. His life is not about just his job. It's about Christ. Because he's learned a new commandment. I've learned a new commandment. And I was trying to show my love by recognizing that he's going through something. And then he shows it right back by saying, I'm okay. Jesus has us all. You might be thinking, why would God allow that? Parkinson's or otherwise. It's a natural response. But you see, confidence... Faith, trust in the Lord teaches us that He never left us at all. And a lot of people go through that. Why did God... And I'm not putting anybody down who's ever thought that because I understand that thought. But if we're His, the reality is when we come out of our funk that He never left us to begin with. If we are his. As Paul said in his reference in Acts 13, verse 17, it's God who brought the people out of Egypt when they were what? Slaves. 
He hadn't forgotten his promises to Abraham. Acts chapter 13, verse 17. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers, uh, Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt and with uplifted arm he led them out. They were great in Egypt, went into slavery, and then what? God had never left. God had never left. And I think that's where joy comes from. It comes from our confidence. It comes from our confidence. So as I close up, think about Habakkuk. Habakkuk lived during the time when Israel was about to go into captivity, that is Judah, into Babylon. He talks to God, has a question. Why won't you take care of these leaders among us who aren't doing their job? And God gives a response. I am. I'm bringing Babylon, the Chaldeans. What? Hey, hold on, God. I have a second question for you. <laughs> They're not that bad. Uh, let's take, can we take care of this another way? And then he gets to the end of Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, and he says this. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield nor, no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He is my feet like deers. He makes me tread on the high places. Do you see, even though calamity is coming and is already there, His confidence is in the Lord. Do you have confidence to follow Christ's teachings on love? A new commandment I give you. That you love one another as I have loved you. So you are to love one another. I hope this has been a very uplifting lesson.